Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Now, of course, back to Area 51, Bob Lazar, who uh, claimed to have worked out at that place, reversed engineered things, saw strange things. <sighs> September 20th, 2 million people almost have signed up saying that they're going to storm the place. I think it's a mistake. Now, I don't think we're going to get that many people out there, but even if 10,000 people are out there, that's a problem. Even if it's 5,000 people out there, it's a problem. I mean, the you know, the, the government takes their work extremely seriously at these bases. And, of course, there is always going to be this public fascination about this. But you're so right when you say this, George. You've seen it. I've seen it. They're not messing around here. The work that they do there, um, they are, are going to keep it protected for a reason. And some of the reasons we know for sure, some of them we don't know. And that's the way that these bases work. And so I, when, when I first started reading about this, I thought, well, this is, this is pretty entertaining, right? Yeah, it was, like, it was supposed to be a joke. It's a joke, right? You know, it's like, this is pretty funny. Let's do this. And, and then I worry about the people that, you know, you know are some you know, frame of mind or, or they're just really, you know, upset with the government for one reason or the other. And they think that this is kind of a, um, a stance they can take. That will that will get them on to the base, and as you said, George, and I've heard you say it um, several times before on the air, it's just a bad idea. It's just a yeah. bad idea to to put yourself in harm's way, and and I think the truly the thing to harness here is that there is this um, there is this interest in Area 51 and all of this uh, knowledge that the government may or or may not have, and if you really want want to know this there are so many more effective ways of trying to to find it out than um than storming area 51 it's just not a good idea watch the government uh, stymie them and simply say folks we're going to let you on the base but not today we want this organized and controlled we're not going to have a million people running all over the place you're going to come in buses we're going to charter them for you and that'll diffuse it that would diffuse it. I, I don't think that day's ever going to come. No, but everybody that. will still say, you're not showing us the real stuff. Of course, right? And that's the thing that I think we'll, everybody will always say. And, and I think they have reason to say it because, I mean, the government is not going to. There are just some things that uh, the government is just not going to open up to the public to see. And, you know, it's one of... It's what's made it one of the great legends of uh, of our time and stories of our time. And I don't think even um, you, you can't. I, you know, I, I call it stories, but it is deeply rooted in fact. And and you know, a lot of people have spent considerable work trying to expose what really happened there. So I get it. I get people's fascination. I have the same fascination. Um, but I do think we have to be realists. I think we have to think about this and and. Um, go about it smarter ways than storming Area 51. Absolutely. I, I think primarily that base is used for military technology that is beyond anything we can even comprehend right now. Do they have reverse-engineered UFOs that they have? Maybe. That's possible. But I think primarily it's a military installation. Uh, they've got high technology there, and they're not going to let a mouse go across that fence line. They're not, and they shouldn't. The um, you know I have deep, deep respect for our men and women in the military, and and what they have to go through to to keep us safe. 
Um, I'm also an investigative journalist, so I'm I'm constantly pressing the military for answers, and and, and usually, um, you know, thanks to really brave men and women that will come forward with problems they see in the military. Uh, it's not a perfect institution, but you do have to take um, a lot of uh, respect and, and thought when it comes to the reasons of you know testing whatever they have to test out there. Um, you know, it's it's one of the great debates of our time is if if there is knowledge of life beyond our planet um and it, and it, the government has this you know if that knowledge come out comes out what it what it would truly do to our world what it would do to religion and um really the everything would shift everything would shift um if that kind of proof came out so i'm i'm sure that if there's something that the government knows that we don't know um, and they're guarding these secrets. That's a lot to do with it, and that's a lot to what I get into in the dark above. Especially um, is this thought of what what would happen if people start believing this, and there is proof of this, and what if people in the government start to realize that they too have been misled? Of course, my book is a, a story of, of fiction, but I think it is a uh, it is definitely a an issue for us all to think about is if this proof came out. Let's say these people stormed Area 51 and they found uh, some kind of, of proof and it, it, the the ripple effect that it would have on our economy, our world would be, um, I think, difficult for us to really comprehend until it happened. It would just be a game changer for everyone. You could see pictures of the people standing by UFOs on Facebook. You would, and you'd be like, <laughs> "Hey, my profile picture is here with me and the uh, the alien that they did the uh, you know the inspection on." So yeah, it would it would definitely be a game changer. I've got to give my colleague George Knapp credit, also Jeremy, for sticking his neck out covering so many UFOs stories that he has done on television yeah. he of course works in las vegas right and uh you know he's he's uh, you know you're you're under a lot of criticism and fire when you deal with these stories on a regular basis oh you do and you know along with my respect for the whistleblowers that come out but also for any of the journalists or scientists that do put themselves out there did you know come forward and ask these kind of questions and i but again i like to think that we have moved more into a a public conscious hopefully of listen you know i've heard you talk about it you and i have talked about it this whole realm of fake news and how this plagues journalists um and your listeners i think will understand this is that everybody listening to this show has that desire to know the truth and so the, the, for the men and women that go out there and, and really pursue that truth, whatever they're doing, if they're uh, in the military or if they're scientists or if they're researchers or if they're journalists, um, and they stick their neck out uh, to really and put their careers on the line and face this kind of scrutiny, um, you know, I applaud them. I, I, I stand with them. I just got back from a con- our yearly conference of investigative reporters and editors, and I really feel like that there was this. Um, you, you know it, how we're all kind of uniting in this scrutiny that we're all facing, and we all know deep down inside. I mean, nobody does this for the money. Nobody does this for the fame and glory. It's truly a passion for uncovering the truth, and uh, so it's a it's an interesting. Uh, 
uh, road for me to walk as a journalist that is deeply rooted in reality, and I, you know, I can't afford to have facts wrong in my stories, uh, to then also writing, you know, speculative fiction that does, you know, free me up a little bit. But, you know, the one commonality, I think, between the two is even in my fiction, even in my novels, they will be deeply rooted in uh, factuality and, um, and research because I think that's what, that's what makes a great story, not only a nonfiction story but a great fiction story. If, it, if it's real and you've got the facts to back it up, uh, it brings that for people to, to trust and I think enjoy it a little bit more as well. So I applaud your colleague. I, apl- I applaud everything he does every weekend he's on. What do you think of the alien abduction situation? You know, I know Travis Walton well. You know, he was abducted years ago, uh, books written about him, movies done about him, uh, fire in the sky. Sure. He and his logger friends passed lie detector tests. Right. What do you think the alien abduction phenomena is? So, you know, I, I get this question asked to me a lot because of, of the books and um, very, you know, thankfully the books have been, you know, featured in People magazine and gotten really very kind reviews from NPR and the New York Post. And so I get this asked a lot by readers. They'll be like, well, what do you think? You know, what do you believe? And, and here's where I'm at. I'm actually in a different place than I was a year ago when I first talked to you, George, when The Darkest Time of Night came out. Because I'm, it was still and will always be a big skeptic. Right. I mean, it's what it's what we are. We, we you know, we're, we're skeptics. But I have spoken to so many people in the past year with these extraordinary stories. And these are not people seeking fame. These are people that will come up at book signings. These are people that will write to me. Um, one of them was a friend of my in-laws out in Florida. And these people say, look, you know, they've got these stories that are just incredible of what they've seen, what they've encountered, what they've thought, what they've experienced. And my thought is they're not lying. And, and, I, and, I, and when people ask me the question, well, do you believe? And I said, well, I'll tell you this, I don't believe that people are lying. Right. And, and, you know, and it's so same with people who see Bigfoot. I don't think they're all lying. I think most of them are telling the truth. I think they are. I think they have seen something that they can't understand and they can't explain. And, you know, it's, it's speaking of uh, Heineck, you know, his, his job, obviously, was to disprove all of this until he became a believer himself. And that's where I'm at right now is that I believe these people. I believe and by the way, telling. don't you think that story alone of J. Allen Hynek going from skeptic for the government to a believer to the fact that he set up a study group and also you know wrote books about this and became a staunch believer, and I'll tell you the case that I've been told was the one that convinced him, is got to be one of the greatest stories out there. Uh, but the UFO case that turned him around was the late police officer Lonnie Zamora in Socorro, New Mexico, who claimed that he saw a couple aliens outside of a space capsule uh, in the desert of New Mexico, and they got in it and took off. And that's, that story convinced Heineck so much he became a believer. But don't you think the Heineck story and his change is one of the greatest stories to convince people there's Absolutely. something going on? Yeah, you know, the, the thing that I love about his story is what you just said, George, is that he was such a skeptic. He was a hired skeptic. He was on the payroll uh, to go out and disprove this. And 
This is what I tell people all the time. I said, you know what? It's great to be a skeptic. Be a skeptic. Doubt what's going on. You know, that's the, that's the mindset we should all be. We should all be critical thinkers about all of this. Um, he may have been a believer, but a paid actor by the government. Right. But, I, you know, I've read a lot about him, and I really do think he was an academic. He was an academic that truly was here to, to analyze and to look at all of this and, and really struggled with it, right? I think that was one thing that I've taken away from everything I've read about him is he really struggled with this. Um, even after he came out and, and really talked about being a believer himself, um, I think that is the great story of his life and what should be a, really a, a lesson for all of us is to be this skeptic, doubt this, um, but then you've got to keep an open mind. And when I, and again, you know, people will come up and, and tell me their stories, and they have nothing to gain. They don't, they don't want any attention. They don't want me to write about it. They don't want me to broadcast about it. They just want to say, this is what happened to me. This is what I saw. And so I, I, I believe the people, and, and that's where I stand. I believe them. Are you hearing more and more reports, Jeremy, of these hybrid programs? You know, we we I've read a lot about it. I um I, I try to really like there was an advertisement for MUFON um, right on, before on, you, right before and you know those guys are are pros. I spent so much of my time doing research on them and especially their work in the in the 1960s and and because I am far from being an expert on this, just someone that is as fascinated by it and and uses that research to to write novels. Um, I tend to uh, to to look to them for answers about this to where um, to what they have found out and what they've been looking into um, you know I always refer back to them but it's it's interesting and I do hear a lot about it I hear um, you know people talk about it and I hear people uh, tell stories of it and it's it's really just you know fascinating and I think it's part of my job as a as a journalist just to listen right that is a huge part of what I do is just to listen to people's stories and and not pass judgment um, so yeah I think that I think people talk about it i think that there again as we've talked about in the last hour or so there's this fascination with it and um you know people just they they want to talk and they want to be able to have their voices heard and and i think that's one of the the great things about our time is that you can share this and i just ask you know your listeners and i ask people to just keep an open mind and you know if you're if, if don't dismiss someone that they're crazy just because they have had an experience that they can't explain. I think that's one of the great mysteries of our time. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.